Blog Talk Radio. Look. 
Welcome to Prayer International Radio, uh, Saturday night broadcast, or Friday night, it's only Friday night, how about that? Um, so this is our Friday night broadcast, I'm your co-host Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog, who will be joining us in about an hour, and we're here for the next two hours to worship the Father, uh, to spend time in His presence, to glorify Jesus, and most of all to intercede for you to intercede on behalf of the nations. Um, if you need prayer for anything tonight, give us a call, 619-638-8458. And we have a chat room open. If you can't make it to a phone and you need prayer, our email address is prayerinternational at gmail.com, which we'll get pretty much instantly because it goes straight to my cell phone. So if you need prayer, I'll get it like pretty much right away. So... um Let's start off and pray. Father, Father, we worship you. Lord, we lay everything down before you. Father, and we seek only your face, and we seek only to hear from you, Jesus. Father, as your word declares in Ephesians, let the eyes of our understanding be flooded with light that we may know what is the hope of our calling. Father, as Moses cried to you on the mountain when he said, If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. Father, we ask above all things, Lord, that we may know you, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us through your Holy Spirit. Father, that your word would become living inside of us, Jesus, that you would take this word, Holy Spirit, and give us revelation, Father, into your heart, Father. Lord, give us discernment so that we can understand your voice, Father, that we can hear your voice, Father. Lord, we long to worship you in spirit and in truth, Father. We long to serve you, Father. We hunger and thirst for your righteousness. We hunger and thirst for your presence, Lord. We hunger and thirst for you to move, Father, to see your hands Move across these nations, Lord, from one corner of the earth to the other, Lord. We long to see your name glorified, Jesus. And we know that you have been glorified and you will be glorified, Father. And so we bow our lives down to you right now, Father. We give you complete and total control over this broadcast for the next two hours, Jesus. Father, completely trust in you and completely trust in your word in which you declared that you will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, Jesus. Your word declares that you know the thoughts you have for us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope, Father. And so we rest our hope fully upon you, fully upon the revelation of Jesus Christ, fully upon the love with which you have loved us, Jesus. Father, and we come thanking you for your blood, Father, that cleanses us from all sins, Lord, and declares that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, Father. Holy Spirit, show us Jesus tonight. So, um, if you don't watch the news, um, this is sort of interesting. There's someone who actually has a radio ministry. Um, 
who I guess has declared or said that the rapture is happening tomorrow, um, sometime around 6 p.m. And so the news, of course, is making a big deal out of it because nobody believes him, and then except for all the people who are following him. And so a lot of people are following this guy. Um, everybody else is laughing. Well, the world is laughing either way. And um, so, but he's trying to say that the world, that the um, rapture will happen at six o'clock tomorrow, and and then, um, which we know, um, not because we have some special knowledge he doesn't have, but we know because the Bible declares. Actually, Jesus said it um, in Matthew twenty-four thirty-six, because um, Jesus has spent a, almost the entire chapter of Matthew twenty-four explaining the end times a little bit and about signs and seasons and being prepared and what would happen. Um, but then he says in verse thirty-six, "But of that day and hour, no one knows." not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But that is the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. And it says, um, For as in the days, of, the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and another left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would not have, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour in which you do not expect. So pretty much what he's saying is um, no one knows, not a single angel in heaven knows, um, which is it's, it's interesting to think about that verse, that not even the angels of heaven know. The angels who the Bible declares in Hebrews have been sent as ministering, um, ministering angels to those who will inherit salvation. And um, if you recall, there's a story in Daniel where Daniel had prayed to the Lord, and the Lord sent an angel to, to tell Daniel the answer to his prayer, and that his prayer was accepted. But the angels said that he had been trying to fight his way there through spiritual host of wickedness, and it took him many days to actually get there. And so angels know a lot more than we know. Um, plus, they've had the privilege of actually standing in the midst of the uncreated Father, of the uncreated God to behold with their eyes the Lord Jesus Christ from eternity as long as for as long as they've been in ex the angels have been in existence i mean we know the father and jesus never had a beginning and but the angels did but but they stay in heaven um and the lord sends them back and forth doing his will and they don't even know they see jesus ask jesus jesus went to time and Jesus pretty much will, can only say ask the Father and um, so nobody knows and you know the closer we get toward the end 
there's going to be a lot of people who are going to get up and say this or this or this and to claim that they have some incredible knowledge or some new revelation that um, they figured out from the Bible. Well, you know, the revelation in the Bible, the one revelation in the Bible is the Lord Jesus Christ and it's the love of the Father and it's the faithfulness of God um, to perform his work and to keep his covenant to us from generation to generation. And, you know, the Bible talks of Jesus as being the revelation and the hidden revelation that God has hidden from the foundation of the world and revealed through the prophets and made mention of in the Bible over and over again from the beginning of the Bible all the way until the end. And and the last times who came in the form of a man and took the likeness of a man that he could become a faithful high priest to us who are inheriting salvation. And then he took our place on a cross, took the sin and the judgment for the sin on himself, died, was resurrected, rose from the dead, seated at the right hand of God, given the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know, that's the revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, Whatever happens after that, as far as when he comes back, no one knows. And you know what? It really doesn't matter whether it's today, tomorrow, 20 years from now, 200 years from now. It makes no difference. The Bible declares that the Lord is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, something I read about um, Methuselah, the oldest man who is like this little saying you hear in Sunday school, the oldest man who ever lived died before his father did, um, his father being Enoch. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God, and then he was not, for God took him. And then Methuselah lived an incredibly long time, longer than any man ever had lived or ever will live. And I don't know the exact number, so while I'm flipping to my Bible, it's it's funny. Um, immediately after the death of Methuselah was the flood. And what's interesting about that is that it's almost as if the father kept Methuselah alive as a sign of his long suffering, waiting for the world's um, to change. And then when that time was up and they, the world had become exceedingly wicked, Methuselah died, and soon afterwards the flood came. Um, And, you know, the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so will the days now be. Um, Let's see, Methuselah lived 187 years, had a son, and then he lived 782 years and had another son and daughter. 
And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. You know, that's incredible, the long-suffering of the Lord. And, you know, we as believers who have the revelation of of Jesus Christ and know the Father and have intimacy with the Father and never need to worry. We never need to be afraid of what happens, what people say, what people claim, because our relationship, our hope, our our hope is in Him. Our faith is in Him. Um, I've said it before. It, there's a verse in Job, probably my one of my favorite verses in the Bible, that says that He could withdraw His breath from the world and it would cease to exist. And this Father who... We have a righteous fear of, and you know we have no reason to fear him, but we place our trust in him, for we know that our salvation, our righteousness is through him, is through his own love, it's the fact that he's faithful to keep his covenant, um even when we're not faithful, it says he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself when he could swear by no other in the Old Testament, he swore by himself. It says, and then it says that he has exalted his word above his name. And he said, the words that have come from my mouth will not return to me void, but they will accomplish that for which I sent it. And, you know, the Father makes promises over our lives, and we can place our trust in them. And we need to place our trust in the word of God. We need to understand the word of God. We need to, like David said, your word I have hidden in my heart that I will not sin against you. And it's not that we can proclaim ourselves to be anything. Because the Bible declares he who says that he's something when he's not um, deceives himself. But when David said that, your word I've hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. And he said, and he said, I, I talked about loving his law. Well, you know, so the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our, fat, our path. And it is this very same word that declares Jesus Christ to us. If you read the entire Bible and you don't get Jesus Christ out of it, you've missed something. And it's this very word of God that reveals to us Jesus Christ. And the Bible declares that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. You know, the Bible also says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And everything of the Father is of love and faithfulness. And so you know what? It doesn't matter what happens. An atomic bomb could blow up and the city down the road from you tomorrow. And it really won't make a bit of difference. Because your hope is in heaven. Your reward is in heaven. Your home is in heaven. It says in Hebrews, it says, These who declare such things, um, these saving such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And if they had called to mind that place they had come, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they seek something better. And the Father, and it says that the, the Father has prepared a place for them. And so for eternity, which is a word that we can't possibly understand, it is a word that exists outside of time. Um, Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever we'll be with him. And it starts now. It starts today. It starts tonight. It starts when we come before him and give our lives to him. And it starts when we begin to have a relationship with him and begin to have intimacy with him and to surrender our lives to him and 
to begin to listen to him and be obedient to his voice, not in a sense of a strict, um, what's the word? Not in a sense of, a, how do they say it, um, legalistic sense, but in a sense of, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And he said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And we who believe, declare that we believe that the Father, who the Father is, we should have no reason not to obey him. He said, I, I desire obedience better, more than sacrifice. And But all the things that the Father asks us to do are for our own benefit. It's never for any other reason. And that he can be glorified through us. And everything we should do, the Bible says to present your bodies as living sacrifices to God, which is your reasonable service. And, you know, the Bible declares that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. And the bride of Christ, the church of the living God, we are being built up for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit, for an habitation of the Father. And to glorify the Father and to glorify Jesus and everything about our lives should be with the thought of mind of glorifying Jesus Christ upon this earth the same way he's exalted and glorified in heaven. And so, you know, that's not going to change. That's our purpose for being here is to have a relationship and a fellowship with him. And, you know, if an atomic bomb goes off tomorrow and, oh, let's say a thousand of them go off tomorrow, it won't really make a bit of difference because, you know what, he remains unchanged. The heavens and the earth can pass away and he will remain forever God. And we have no reason to fear whatever that date comes, whenever it comes, really doesn't make a difference. Because, like the Bible declares, I know in whom I have believed. So, um, we have a caller on the line. And so, let me place, get them in. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, hello, hi. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, this is Kiana from Louisiana. Oh hi, how are you? How are Everybody, you? If you if y'all don't remember, um, Kiana, um she was with us the other night, um, having issues in her marriage and we prayed for her and the Lord began immediately to start working with her. Um so tell us what's been happening. Um, I was praying for you had also what well, you prayed for um uh, for some finances to go through and God had worked that out immediately the next day. So I was calling in, you know, thanking y'all for your prayers and most importantly thanking Jesus. Oh, amen. So. It's, you know, it, it's amazing. Um, it, it, it's funny, though, because um, a lot of people worry about finances. And, you know, the thing is, if we would just learn to trust him, mm-hmm. um, to come to him, believe his word, trust him, we would know that he never he never fails to come through on his promises where he declares that he is Jehovah driver, our provider. And he always comes through when he needs to never too early, never too late, but always in the exact time in which he will be glorified the most. And, you know, sometimes it's that quick. Sometimes you reach out to God and you come in agreement with someone or in this case with uh, people from every country on the face of the planet. It seems like lately and, you know, the Father's right there to fulfill his word and to be glorified because it's all about him. It has pretty much nothing to do with us because we're like the worst examples of Christians out there, I think. Um, oh. But, you know, Jesus is 
amazing. Yes, he is. Hello? 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 Hello?
Welcome back to the broadcast, and so a little bit of technical difficulty. Looks like Blog Talk Radio forgot I was logged in, so it kept saying I wasn't logged in, even though I was, and so I guess I'm now logged in twice. Anyway, so uh, so we were talking to Kiana. I'm not sure if she's still with us or not. Um, yes, I'm still, still on. there? Yes. Okay. Um, so has there been any, been any progress with your husband yet? Um, no, not really, but I'm just holding on to, you know, to faith, because I know if God answered that prayer, he'll answer the other ones, you know. Amen. You just got to hold on and, you know, just take him by the hand and just wait on the Lord. You know, it's funny. Um, one thing about people believing in faith is, you know, we really, um, as long as we know, um, the character of God, and we know His Word, and we and we say this every night. Um, and for all of you out there listening who listen to us a lot, you'll know that me and Chris um, repeatedly will quote the same scriptures over and over and over and over again. And partly because we've only memorized so much of the Bible, and the other part is because, you know, we need to know the Word of God. We need to know what His Word says. About our lives, you know, um, Chris. One of Chris's big messages that he always will preach on is the confession of our mouth, because you know it says in James, our words are living. I mean, the power and death and life are in our tongue. The Bible declares, as a man speaketh in his heart, so is he. And you know, the thoughts that we think about ourselves and the words that we profess over ourselves have a direct impact upon our lives, and not only our lives, but the lives of our families and our children and the people we come into contact with every day. And if we don't know the Word of God, then the only thing that we think about ourselves is what we hear the rest of the world say and the image that the rest of the world would like to paint over our lives and declare over us. But, you know, the Bible declares that he's Jehovah to, um, to I can't even pronounce Jehovah Nissi. It's actually Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner. And, you know, what that means is the Father is has become our banner. He's become the declaration of, of who we are into this earth. The Bible declares in First John, it says that, what, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Um, Paul said, For I am persuaded that, he said, I, For we are more than conquerors in Christ. He said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor anything cre- created, nor height, nor depth, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if we don't know the word of God, then we won't know the things that the Father has said, said about us. I mean, it says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It said we are seated in, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, the, the Bible says in Romans, it says that we should put our minds on things above and not of the world so that we can have the mind of Christ. You know, um, all throughout the Bible, or when Jesus had his ministry on the earth, which was just like a, a couple years, actually, he always said that I and, the Father, I'm, I and the Father are one. And he said that he never did anything unless he heard it from the Father. And he had the mind of the Father, and he said, and he even prayed that we would be one, just as him and the Father are one. And... So it's imperative in these last times because, you know, the Bible even declares that in the last days, many men will be swept away. There will be various doctrines, and um, 
if you're not, if your mind isn't focused, if your mind isn't steadfast upon the Lord, if you're not taking this word of God and becoming rooted and grounded in it, then the next wave of whatever it is that comes up, um, you know, um, a missionary named David Hogan said, you know, there's always some new wave that's going to come up, some new doctrine that people will bring up to get all excited about. And they never stand the test of time. Because the only thing that stands the test of time is Jesus Christ. And if we don't know what the Word of God says and declares about us, then we are going to end up thinking of ourselves the way the world thinks about us. But it's not true. Because, you know, the world sees us one way, but we see ourselves, and not through our, even our own eyes, but we see ourselves through the Word of God, and we see ourselves through the eyes of the Father who sees us and sees us as righteous, because not because of our own works, because it says in Ephesians, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it says um, that we have been made righteous and made, we have made holy. The Bible says that he has per, for, um, forever perfected those who are being sanctified. And, you know, so we need beyond anything else to know to know the word about our lives and to know the promises. I mean, it says there's great and precious promises that he has given to us. And like that verse I said earlier when we were praying where it says in the Old Testament, he says, um, I know the thoughts I think of you, thoughts of good and not to evil, to give you a future and a hope. It then says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. And what it takes is knowing the character of God. And we know the character of God from reading the Word of God. And once you know the character of God, you don't really have to worry about all the legal details because you're going to know what he's like. And if you know what he's like, you know how he's going to respond. You can have the mind of Christ and you can speak the words of the Father without ever declaring one scripture. Just by knowing his character, knowing how he how he feels in situations, how he thinks, what he would normally do. What does his character say? You know, because the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Um, he's always been the same. He's consistent. He never lies. And so if we know his character, we know how he'll respond to situations in our lives. And we know he would do in, in, with things in our lives. And we know that the, the world is only going to attempt to deceive us. And that's all the enemy can do at this point is he can deceive us. And um, which, you know, it brings up a very interesting story. Um I haven't memorized the whole Bible. Um, when I was first a Christian, I, I memorized a lot of the New Testament. Um, unfortunately, I've been not as faithful in that, and so I've forgotten most of what I memorized, um, except for Ephesians. I think I'm still good with the, almost the first two chapters. But the point is, um, I read so much of the Bible that it became like a seed planted in me. And so... Anytime there is a need, the Holy Spirit always has something to reach back and pull out. And so we constantly need to refresh it because it's not always old word. You know, every time you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will give you new revelation and new insight into what it says. And take what you read and have it become alive for the moment you're in right then. And um, so I was listening to the radio on the way home from work today. And there was someone on the radio declaring and this was a Christian radio show, who was declaring that Satan still had all authority over the natural elements of the earth. 
as far as he had authority over earthquakes and he had authority over the wind and the rain and all this other stuff, he said pretty much the enemy had all the authority over And that's the way it is. And, you know, I mean, you can look at that in a couple, in a lot of different ways. Um, But I do know one thing. Jesus was in a boat, and the waves were boisterous, and the boat was shaking, and everybody on the boat was running around screaming and crying, freaking out. And Jesus was downstairs asleep. And the disciples finally came and woke him and said, aren't you worried we're perishing or something like that? Do something. Aren't you going to do anything? Don't you know? Like he didn't know what was already going on, which he always did, which is probably why he was asleep because he he knew what was going on and he wasn't really worried. And um, so he gets up and he rebukes the sea. The sea becomes calm in a second because in the end, the father gave him all the authority. And um, and then he rebuked the disciples for not having faith. And I think personally, and I've heard this spun a bunch of different ways, but I personally think the reason he rebuked his disciples for their lack of faith was not so much that they woke him up and were fearful of dying, but the fact that they didn't have faith, they rebuked the wind and the waves themselves. Because he said, the works that I do, you'll do greater. And he sent them out and gave them authority. Um, and the same with us, gave us authority over um, the enemy to heal, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons, to cleanse lepers, to raise the dead. Um, he gave us that authority to do all those things. And it's not about us, it's about the Holy Spirit. And it's about the power of Jesus and the Word of God. And, you know, I think sometimes we get rebuked, or they got rebuked by Jesus for their lack of belief because they were trying to get him to do something he had already given them the ability to do. And and it's funny if you think about it that way because if you go back to the very first miracle, which is Jesus at the wedding feast, and they they said that we're we're out of wine, and he's like, my time has not yet come. And well, his mother said they're out of wine, and he's like. My time hasn't come yet. It's not my timing. It's not God's timing right at the second. And then out of faith, she turned around and said, told her disciples, whatever he says, do it. Completely trusted in him. And then he told his disciples, go get some water pots, fill them up with water, and take them out to the feast. Now, you'll notice in the story, in this parable um, about this miracle, that Jesus didn't say go get the water pots, pull the wine out of the out of the water that I've already made into wine and take it out. No, he said take the pots, fill them with the water, take them out. And it was through their act of obedience that the miracle was performed. He didn't do the miracle until there was the cooperation, until there was the act of obedience with them trusting him outside I mean they knew they were going to be picking up water but it was in the in the it was in the act of the obedience and the trusting and the faith and the word of God that the miracle was performed and you know then again with the breaking of the bread and him feeding the 5000 um 
he had, he had everybody sit down. I mean, at first the disciples a word, and they're like, we don't have enough food. Send all these people away. We're tired. We want to go to sleep, whatever. And, you know, Jesus is like, you can't send them away. And, you know, that's one of the things about the character of Jesus. It says, and the New Testament it says that he looked at them, and he saw that they were a sheep without a shepherd. And he, had, and he always said he had compassion on them. And, you know, they had been traveling, they were following him, they were weary, they were hungry. He knew they couldn't make it back. And so he had his disciples sit all these people down. I mean, 5,000, which was probably just the men um, because of the way they numbered it back days, um, back then. And I could be wrong about that. But the interesting thing is, and then he's like, how much do we have? And they're like, we have a few small loaves and a fish or two. And so he takes this and he breaks it. And there's 12 disciples. And so he breaks the bread and the fish among the disciples. Okay, so so picture this in your head. They're out next to the lake or the ocean or whatever it was. And all of these people, as far as your, the eye can see, are sitting down looking to Jesus. Disciples are all standing around Jesus. Looking at a few pieces of bread, a few loaves of bread, and a couple of fish. And he takes his bread and fish and gives them each enough to fill their hands. And then he says, Go feed my people. So they turn around and start passing it out. Now when did the when did the bread and the fish multiply? Was it when Jesus gave it to the disciples or when it was was it when the disciples started passing it out? It was through their active obedience. It was through the faith. It wasn't them necessarily performing the miracle, but it was, like it says later on in Acts, it says the Holy Spirit was confirming the, the disciples would go out and preach, and the Holy Spirit was confirming the, sign, the, the word with signs and wonders. And whenever you're willing to stand upon the promises of Jesus and on the faith and stand in faith upon what he has said and then you take that faith and you act upon it because you know it says that we're supposed to be here we're supposed to be doers of the word and not hearers only and it's not so much that you need to just hear the word of God you need to act on that word and when you take that word and you act upon it that's when the miracles performed you know it's like laying hands on the sick you know we lay hands on the sick well the people aren't aren't healed just because you look at them and, and think in your head, okay, well, I know the Bible says that if I lay my hands on them and pray that they'll be healed. No, it's when you actually go forth in faith and you stand upon the word of God and you take the word of the cloud and you declare that the word of God is true over your life and over the situation, regardless of what the situation looks like. Because, you know, when the disciples were up there and they're holding this fish and the bread in their hands and they only have two hands, um, when they're looking at it, and then they look up at the 5,000, they had to turn turn then, and they could have either had a choice to think about the 5,000 and the task at hand and how impossible it would have been to feed those with such a small amount, or they had the choice to take their mind and focus their mind on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And to trust what he said, regardless of what the situation said. And it's, and it's trusting God and trusting in the word of God and, and trusting what he said in our lives, knowing that he, he is able to do everything that he has promised. 
then miracles happen. You know, finances, it doesn't matter. Marriage is restoration. Whatever it is, if we'll just come to him and trust him at his word and believe him at his word, it's that simple. There's no supernatural, amazing revelation to it. There's not some big formula you have to write down. There's not trial and tribulations and and frustrations in a in a ten year course or a theology class that will teach you how to trust God and how to believe Him. All it takes is taking His Word, placing it inside of your heart, and then walking in it, walking in faith. As the Bible says it do it. And you know, I said this um a lot this week. It says in Hebrews, those who come to God must first believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, you trust him for your salvation. You trust him for um, the salvation of your family. Well, now we need to trust him for every other thing. Trust him for everything else. Trust him for your health. Trust him for the little things. Trust that he knows what he's doing. You know, the Bible declares... A man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And it also says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. You know, whatever happens today, whatever happens tomorrow, which definitely won't be the rapture, um, because the very fact that someone declared they know means they don't. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really matter, because all we have to do to live our lives is to trust God and to worship him and to lay our lives before him and be jubilant and have that joy that surpasses all understanding. The joy that's inexpressible, it's the peace that surpasses all understanding and the joy that is inexpressible and full of glory that comes in resting. You know, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Cast all your cares upon him for he loves you. And trust in him and watch and see that he will not come through on his word. Watch and see, and he will, every time. You can always put him to the test, and he is always going to fulfill his word. He will always fulfill his word in your life and the promises he's made, if you're willing to be obedient to his word and just trust his word. Anyway, I've rambled long enough. Um, our call number, 619-638-8458. Um, we have Chris Herzog in the studio, mighty, mighty man of God. And so we're going to take a quick break. And um, if you need prayer for something, give us a call. And we'll be back in just a few minutes.
Praise God, this is Prayer International Radio, and picking up the second half of the broadcast, my name is Chris Herzog, and earlier this evening we had a mighty man of God, Sean Holmberg in the studio, just sharing his heart and praying and declaring the word of the Lord, and just, uh, you know, doing what he does, and, you know, just sharing his heart, you know, he really has a heart for intimacy with the Lord, and worship and seeking God and if you just really listen to even the songs that he selects on the broadcast you'll know that he really has a heart for God so praise God just such a blessing to work with him and if you want to call in 619-638-8458 it looks like we have a few guests in the prayer room uh, Angel Love and Jonathan K God bless y'all tonight Got a guest in the prayer room, and uh, what a blessing. Well, so we're praying for those of you in the, what we call the chat room, the prayer room, whatever you want to call it. If you send in your prayer request via email, uh, prayerinternational at gmail.com, we will go through those and pray through those. And If you want us to, we'll lift up some of those on the air and have our family of prayer, you know, just lift those up. And, of course, uh, we always have the website you can check out, www.prayerinternational.org. Glory to God. Well, let's open up in the word of prayer and just ask the Father to bless, to bless what we're doing. Praise God. Well, Father God, we just come before you right now, Lord. We just thank you for Jesus. We just thank you for your precious blood, Lord. Father, we just ask, Lord, that you'd move in a mighty way by the power of your Holy Spirit tonight, that you'd open up the ears of every person listening tonight, Father, that they would hear your voice within my voice tonight, Lord, that, Father, you would move across this nation and around the nations of the earth. Father, we pray, Lord God, for revival fire, Father, for a shaking, for a shaking, an awakening, that you would awaken your people to the love of God, awaken your people to the truth of the gospel, awaken your people to the move of your spirit, Lord, and shake everything that can be shaken, Father, till your glory and your word remains. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your will is being done, that your kingdom is being established. Father, you're providing daily bread, Lord, you're moving on the hearts and minds of men and women, Lord causing a spirit of forgiveness over the hearts of your people. Lord, even Jesus said, well, know you are Christians by your love one for another. So we pray that we would have the right attitude towards people all the time, Father. Fill us with your love, spirit of forgiveness. Father, lead us not to, to temptation, but deliver us from evil, Father. And we declare, Lord, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. Amen. Praise God. 
just want to uh, start out, you know, the Bible says to come before him with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And so I want to start off today is the 20th of May. I just want to read Psalm 20. It's a good one. And there's a prayer for victory. In fact, I'm going to read 20 and then I'm going to read 21. One's a prayer for victory, chapter 20. And the next one, 21, is a praise for victory. You see, you've got to have a prayer, and then you have to have a praise. And the praise is the rejoicing in God your Savior. And personally, I think you need to have a praise, and then a prayer, and then a praise. Because you enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, and enter his courts with praise. So you can't even get into the door and can't even get before God without worship and without praise. Hallelujah. All right, so Psalm verse, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 20, verse 1. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt offerings. Accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. And may he grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed, and he will hear him from his holy heaven. With the saving strength of his right hand, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save the Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. All right, so let's back up and just kind of meditate and chew on that for a minute. Hallelujah. All right, so it says, verse 1 says, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. And you know, he's making a declaration saying, Look, in the day of trouble, see, the Bible says that God will be your ever present help in time of need, in time of trouble. And the Lord will hear you in the day of trouble. He says, Call unto me and I will answer you, which means if God's going to answer you, obviously he has to hear you. So you can have a certainty in your heart that if you're in Christ today, if you're a child of the King, and if you're reaching out in faith, reaching out, seeking truth, if you call out to God, the God in heaven, the God of Jacob, he will hear you, and he will defend you. Look, the name of Jesus, the name of the God of Jacob, the name of Jesus, there's a protection, there's a security in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that he will strengthen you and defend you. Verse 2 says he'll send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Well, the sanctuary is the place of his rest, the place of his presence. Zion was the place of his glory. So when you're resting, when you're in the place of his presence and you're in the place of his glory, God's going to send you help. God's going to strengthen you in that presence of God. Verse 3 says, Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice and grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. So God's going to remember your offerings. God's going to accept your sacrifice. God's going to grant you according to your heart. 
And the Bible says that we eat the fruit of our own way. That we're ensnared by the fruit of our own lips and we eat the fruit of our own way. So we need to be careful how we walk. And I do believe there's forgiveness in Christ, but I do believe that we reap what we sow. Praise God for his mercy. I know there's a lot of times if I got what I deserve, I'd be in some trouble. So thank God for his mercy. Verse 5 says, we will rejoice in there. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfilled thy petitions. Are you rejoicing in God, your Savior, today? That's my question for you. Are you rejoicing in the God of your salvation? Are you lifting up your banner? Are you lifting up the name of the Lord? Are you setting that as the banner, as the thing that you parade and you wave before you? And are you declaring that the Lord will fulfill the petitions? That the Lord will fulfill the petitions from the heart that is eagerly seeking him? Verse 6, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. And he will hear him from his holy hill. So here's a, a confidence that rises up in David. A confidence. We need, to have, we need to have a confidence. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to put a confidence inside you. So you know, now I know that the Lord hears me when I call. The Lord hears me from his holy heaven. The Lord saves his anointed. If you're in Christ, if you're anointed, the Lord will save you. If you're in Christ, he will hear you. The Bible says he'll save you with the strength of his right hand. Well, Christ is at his right hand. Verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Who are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your own strength? Are you trusting in riches? Are you trusting in someone else's strength? Or are you trusting in the name of the Lord your God? Verse 8 says, They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Are you standing upright? Are you walking upright in the Lord? Verse 9, Save, Lord, but the king hears us when we call. Praise God. That was Psalm chapter 20. And praise God. Well, let's go ahead and break this song. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And it is 1111. Deuteronomy 111 says, The Lord will increase you a thousand times more than you're worth. Deuteronomy 111. Check it out. You can believe God for the 30 or the 60 or the 100 fall, but we want to believe God for the... I will lift up my praise to the heavens To the creator of all beings Hallelujah to the Lamb Praise be to Him mm-hmm. 
and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shall destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device, but they are not able to perform. Therefore, shalt thou make them turn their back, when thou shalt make them ready their arrows upon the strength against the face of them. Be thou exalted, Lord of my strength. So we sing and praise your power. All right, praise God. Praise for victory. Let's back up. You know, the Bible says we need songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so, all right, praise God. Looks like we need uh, prayer uh, for Ernestine. All right, let's let's just get it for a minute. We'll get into uh, Psalm 21 here in a minute. Uh, well, Father, right now, we just want to come before you, Lord. You said to pray always with prayer and supplication, Lord. Pray continually. And right now, Father, we have a prayer, Lord, going out for Ernestine, Lord. Father, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in her life, Father, that you would bless her, that you'd pour out your blessings in her life and in her family, for her children, that, Father, you'd give her the desires of her heart, that you'd bless the work of her hands, and, Lord, whatever she... Does her heart to do, Lord. Lead her and guide her by your Holy Spirit. Lead her and guide her by your peace. We pray, Lord God, that your joy would be her strength. Bless Ernestine tonight, Lord. Bless Johnson tonight. Bless Angel Love tonight. Bless our guests in the chat room tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we just ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, so Psalm 21. So the king shall joy in the strength. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice. For you have given him his heart's desire. We just pray that. For everything. And has not withhold the request of his lips. This is what we need to, to bring before God. You know, God honors his word. God really does. If you remind God of his word. He is good at keeping it. Listen, even if you don't remind him, he's still good at keeping it. But it's good to remind him of his word. It says, The king shall join the strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. The joy of the Lord should be your strength. And our prayer is that you would be restored to the joy of your salvation. That God would give you your heart's desire, verse 2, and that he would not withhold the request of your lips. And our prayer is that, God, you would shower every man and woman, every child teenager with blessings and goodness, blessings of goodness, that you would set crowns of pure gold on their heads. Verse 3. Verse 4. Father, we pray for life and length of days forever. So begin to ask for life. Begin to ask for length of days. Verse 4. It's a scriptural promise. Verse 5, his glory and his grip is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty is laid upon him. So, ask, Father, we just pray for glory, for honor, for majesty, Lord. And whatever we do, we would glorify you, Lord. Whatever we do, Lord, we would honor you. Whatever we do, Lord, we would be full of your majesty and your splendor. In Jesus' name. 
Verse 6 says, You made him most blessed forever. You made him exceeding glad with thy countenance, for the king trusted in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Are you trusting in the Lord? Are you trusting in his mercy? Are you fixed on him to a place where you won't be moved? Are you exceedingly glad with your countenance? Do you know that you're blessed in the Lord? Meditate on verse 6 and 7 and see. Verse 8, thy hand shall find out thy enemy. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fire of it in the time of thy anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. The fruit shall thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. God will take out your enemies. Bless those that hate you and bless those that curse you. But you know what? God will fight your battles for you. He's a good God like that. Verse 11. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined mischievous device which they are not able to perform. Therefore, shall thou make them turn their back. Verse 13. Be thou exalted thy word in thine own strength, and we will sing and praise your power. Learn to sing and praise God for his power. Learn to sing and praise God for who he is. Learn to sing and praise God for what he's done. Learn to sing and praise God for everything that you've been blessed with by the Lord. An attitude of gratitude will go a long way in the kingdom. An attitude of gratitude will go a long way in the kingdom. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. Let's go into some more Texas worship. Texas worship. All right, here we go.
Praise God. We're back. Prayer International Radio. Just uh, correcting our focus a little bit, you know, just getting in tune with the Spirit of God. Just uh, that song was Live, I Live, I Breathe by a band called Seven on Monday. And, you know, just a bunch of college students that got together and started practicing at 7 o'clock on a Monday afternoon and just giving their talents, or 7 o'clock on Monday evening, rather, giving their talents for the glory of God. That's what it's about, is giving our talents, and giving our praise, giving our song, giving our heart, giving our time, giving our treasure, whatever we have to give. Give it unto the Lord. Praise God. Well, <laughs> hallelujah. Well, you know, there's an identity crisis in the body of Christ. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk about that briefly. You know, I think the biggest weapon the enemy has against us is our ignorance of the Word of God and our ignorance of the promises of God. And if he can keep us uh, away from the truth, then he can keep us bound. See, the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But see, that freedom is proportionate to the intimate knowledge that you have in Christ. That freedom is proportionate to the intimate knowledge you have of God's blessings in your life. That freedom is proportionate to the understanding and the intimate knowledge that you have of whatever your situation is facing. There's a scriptural solution. There's a scriptural promise for whatever problem you're facing. And when you use God's wisdom, it's applying his scriptural solutions. It's applying the scriptural truths to our situation. And I think, like I said, the, the biggest weapon, the most effective weapon the enemy has is our ignorance. The Bible says itself, God says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And so let's get the word of God. We have to worship him in spirit and in truth. And just think about who you are in Christ. Get your identity right. Are you a child of God? If you're in Christ, you are a child of God. Are you a saint? Or do you see yourself as a sinner saved by grace? Or do you realize that once you're in Christ, God calls you a saint? He says you're justified. He says you're redeemed and forgiven. You're called and you're chosen by God. Look, if you're justified, you're justified. If you're cleansed, you're cleansed. And he says you'll be cleansed through the word that he speaks to you. The Word of God says in verse 56 that you're one spirit with God. Do you see yourself as one spirit with God? Being in unity with God, being one with God. Do you see yourself redeemed and forgiven? Do you see yourself cleansed? You know, Deuteronomy 7 6 says you've been chosen as a special treasure. Above all the peoples of the earth, you know that God chooses you out, his child. And he declares you're a chosen special treasure above all the people of the earth. Begin to declare what the word of God says about you. Begin to see yourself like God sees you. 
Your freedom depends on it. Your healing depends on it. Your salvation, the salvation of your family, your financial breakthrough depends on it. Everything that you have in Christ depends on your faith and, and your proportionate understanding of His word of, of the Word of God. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So how is it going to be unto you? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger will they not follow. So we need to begin to turn our ears to heaven. We need to begin to listen to the sound of his voice. We need to hide his word in our hearts that we don't sin against him. We need to begin to meditate day and night. The words of our mouth. And the meditation of our heart be pleasing and acceptable in His sight. Do you know the Word of God says you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world? Did you know that? It says that you've been adopted by God. That means you're a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Did you know that you're a joint heir with Christ? You've been adopted. You're hidden in Christ. You're born of God, First John 5 says, and the evil one cannot touch you. Jesus said he's given you all power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Philippians says that you're a child of the king, you're a citizen of heaven. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that you're a citizen of heaven if you're in Christ Jesus? Why am I declaring these things? It's important. See, we have an identity crisis. In the body of Christ If you don't know who you are How can you walk in confidence and authority If you don't know who he is Who God is How can you walk in trust and understanding How can you experience The blessings of God in your life And the the moving of God in your life If you don't know who he is And you don't know who you are in him The Bible says you can't be separated From the love of God he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you power, he's giving you love, and he's giving you a sound mind. You're God's temple. God lives inside of you. Christ has made you righteous. And I want you to begin to see yourself the way God sees you. I want you to begin to see yourself as the Lord declares, as the Word of God declares over you. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. And you need to realize with God everything is possible. And you've got to walk by faith and not by sight. You can't look at the circumstances. You've got to begin to call things not as though they are. And if you are struggling in your faith, cry out like the, the guy did to Jesus. He said, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, give me faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So meditate on his word, and it's going to build your faith. You build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. So pray in the Holy Spirit, and it will build up your faith. And as you believe, it's going to be done to you. When you begin to get a confidence in God, you're going to understand that God is able to perform what he has promised. All things are possible for those that believe. God's faithful to fulfill all his promises, so hold tightly. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. Ephesians 3.20 says, 
God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. So take up your shield of faith. You're going to stand on the word of God. Take the sword of the spirit. And realize as, as the enemy comes with doubts and fiery darts, put that shield of faith out to defeat the enemy. Quench every fiery dart. Begin to replace the lies and the accusations with the truth of the word of God. And stand on that truth because, listen, your faith is the victory that's going to overcome the world. And you have to imitate those that through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So allow the faith and patience of others to produce a stronger faith and patience in you. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are
God, we're back for International Radio and just worshiping with Misty Edwards, uh, Come Lord Jesus. 
All Who Are Thirsty, just kind of a medley song there, just uh, kind of a mix of worship. You know, that's our prayer. That's our praise. You know, come, Lord Jesus, come. That's our heart's desire. We want to see him come. We want to see his glory come. We want to see the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. We want to see the Lord come back to take his people home and establish his kingdom here on the earth. Establish his plans and purposes here on the earth. That's what we want. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And our prayer, our cry out, our declaration is all who are thirsty. You know, Isaiah 55 says, Oh, all who are thirsty, come to the waters and drink. It says, Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and that which does not satisfy? Says, come to the water and, and drink, drink freely. Jesus said, "There's a fountain of living water that if you drank from that fountain, you would never thirst again." He was talking about the fountain of His Spirit. He was talking about the rebirth, the living water, the refreshing water, the refreshing that comes through having a relationship with Christ by His Holy Spirit. We just pray for the harvest, Father, that you just send your laborers into the harvest, Father. You would send your laborers into America, send them into Australia, into Israel, and into the nations of the world. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're moving on the national local leaders of government in Jesus' name. But, Father, you're making your church, your body of Christ, your people, you're making them a praise in the earth. And we thank you, Father, that you're opening up doors for the ministry of the word. Father, we pray that, that our love and the love of God would abound towards all people, that we would not do evil, we would not enter into temptation. But, Father, we would pray for those that have mistreated us and let us walk in the spirit of forgiveness, Lord. Father, we pray that our whole spirit, mind, body be preserved blameless. Unto the coming of the Lord. Father, we pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that we would speak with other tongues and pray in a heavenly language and learn to interpret what we're speaking. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray that, Father, you would put your desires in our hearts. We just give you praise and glory and honor. Father, bless those that are in the chat room. Bless those that are Facebook family, MySpace, Twitter, Blog Talk Radio, Blogger.com, Prayer International Radio, and on the website, www.prayerinternational.org. Bless them, Father. Cover them with your glory. Cover them with your presence. Cover them with your peace. We just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord. In Jesus' name. Days will come when you don't have the strength. worth anything Wondering if you ever could be loved And 
And if they truly saw your heart, they'd see too much. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You are made for so much more than all of this. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You are trans. 